And then the legs and iron of iron and feet of clay, or part iron and clay. That was the Roman Empire. And this is a marvelous prophecy, which we are on the right side of now to understand. And I'm sure when that was given to Daniel, he had no idea how that would be played out. But there was a Chaldean kingdom toppled by the Persians. There was a Persian kingdom toppled by the Greeks. There was a Greek kingdom founded by Alexander the Great that was toppled by Rome. And all of these kingdoms came and went. But there's another kingdom, a kingdom that is forever and ever. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're moving on to Daniel chapter 2, where we have Daniel, his life is threatened, the wise men are threatened. What shall he do? Well, let's read here in chapter 2, Daniel's response to the executioner coming for him. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Well, we're going to see how this will play out, and our study here is in Daniel chapter 2. I trust you'll stay tuned as we move to the pulpit ministry of our Free Presbyterian Church on Daniel, a man of God. But there are seven ways in which Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to preach them. We'll do that some other time. So follow with me at verse 20. He blessed or he praised the God of heaven as the God of wisdom. That's verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, 
for wisdom and might. That's number two. And then verse 21, because he controls history. He says, verse 21, and he changeth times. Now that doesn't mean make the sun go back or make the sun go forward or change the seasons of the year, but he is in control of history. And then also in verse 21, this is number four, he controls leaders. He removeth kings and he sets up kings. Verse 5, he gives wisdom. That's also in verse 21 in the middle. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that have no understanding. And then verse 22, we're coming to number 6 now. He reveals mysteries. And then number seven, he answers personally. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. And then in that verse 23, I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers. He answers prayer personally. Daniel's specific cry. Did you ever get an answer to prayer? Did you ever call on God for some particular need or blessing and it came with your name on it? Well, don't forget to give the Lord the thanks. I think too often we as Christians, we ask for blessings, and when we get them, we're like that, those lepers. You remember the ten lepers? One came back and gave thanks, and the other nine never said a word of thank you. Don't forget to thank the Lord for answers to prayer. They might be answers of his grace, his joy, his reviving in your soul or delivering out of some particular crisis in your life. Give the Lord the praise. You remember the Acts format in uh, prayer? Adoration, calling, thanksgiving, supplication. No, sorry, confession. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Those are the four key components of prayer. You firstly worship the Lord to adore him. You confess your need of him and your sins to him. You give your thanks to him. And then you supplicate, you request new blessings. That's how we ought to pray. And Daniel is a wonderful model of a man of God in trouble, in prayer, and remembering to give thanks to God. Now I move on to Daniel honored the God of heaven before men. Daniel was not afraid to point out 
the failure of not only the Chaldean wise men, and he said, this answer did not come because of the wisdom of these Chaldeans. They were unable, these astrologers, these magicians, these soothsayers, they were all powerless. But nor did this wisdom come from me. And Daniel did not take the honor to himself. If you go to verse 28, you will see he says, But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. And you will see in verse 29, um, <clears throat> As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets make known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this is verse 30 now, but as for me, this secret is not revealed unto me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. He gives all the honor to the Lord. He gives all the honor to God. And he makes this known to Nebuchadnezzar, and he makes it known that these other so-called wise men of Chaldea have been powerless, and he attributes all the honor, all the wisdom unto his God. And if you go on down to verse 38, I know I'm jumping down the passage here, and it says, And whithersoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the fields and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And of course, anything that Nebuchadnezzar is, any power and authority that he possesses, Daniel points out, it comes from God. Nebuchadnezzar did not get his power from men, but God gave it to him. And we need to remember that too. Do you live in a home where you're secure? That's God's gift. Are you able to pay your bills every month? That's God's gift. Are you able to walk and enjoy life? That's God's gift. And of course, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, and you've got a new heart and a new mind and a new walk and a new talk, you're living for the Lord Jesus. You have to remember when you see sinners, there go I, but for the grace of God. It's not because I'm better. It's not because that you are smarter. It's not because that you are elite. We're all sinners saved by grace. And we need to give the Lord honor for everything in our life. Now, in honoring God, Daniel attributed to God 
an eternal kingdom. Now that's buried in this chapter. And if you give me five minutes, I want to preach this. Because this is the gospel part of this chapter. Look at verse 44 with me. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, which kingdom is that? Now, in that image, in the dream, the dream to Nebuchadnezzar revealed an image that had a head of gold. And Daniel pointed out that Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom, is that head of gold. And then there was the the arms and the shoulders of brass, of silver, sorry. That's the Persian Empire. And then the belly and the thighs of brass. That was the Greek Empire. And then the legs and iron of iron and feet of clay, or part iron and clay. That was the Roman Empire. And this is a marvelous prophecy, which we are on the right side of now to understand. And I'm sure when that was given to Daniel, he had no idea how that would be played out. But there was a Chaldean kingdom toppled by the Persians. There was a Persian kingdom toppled by the Greeks. There was a Greek kingdom founded by Alexander the Great that was toppled by Rome. And all of these kingdoms came and went. But there's another kingdom, a kingdom that is forever and ever. And if you go back to verse 34, it is described this way. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of the iron and clay, and break them to pieces. So here is a stone cut out of a rock or mountain without hands. Now, this is prophetical, symbolic language. But the fact that this stone was cut without human hands, it represents the gospel kingdom, the Messiah's kingdom, a kingdom that would smash all other dynasties. It would cross all borders. It would defy all armies. And this kingdom would march across the nations to win the hearts of men and women, not by sword, not by military power, but by the preaching of the gospel. And here we are tonight, long, long away from Jerusalem or Chaldea, and our hearts have won us to this kingdom. And if you're a Christian, you're a member of that eternal kingdom, that gospel kingdom that will never perish. 
And while everything else in this world will burn up by fire and be destroyed one day, we who are members of this Christian gospel kingdom, that kingdom will abide forever. And that is the good, wonderful news of the gospel. And I want to plead with you tonight not to be boasting in your earthly nationality, not to be even boasting as a Canadian. Uh, we have many privileges in this country, and we are good proud of this country, its institutions, its heritage, and we want to lift up, not pull down. But my boast is not in Canadian citizenship. My boast and my trust is in the citizenship of heaven, the kingdom of God. And that's my home in glory. And when this body is laid in the grave, my soul will enter into that eternal kingdom with Christ, which is far better. This kingdom that is made without hands, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's like the leaven that works in the bread. It works silently, secretly in the hearts of men. It's like the mustard seed starts off very small and yet grows so big. That's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. And we tonight as Christians take great delight in being members of that kingdom. I love my Bible tonight because there is no possible way that mere human wisdom could have revealed this to Daniel and satisfied Nebuchadnezzar and told about earthly kingdoms to come and then to predict or prophesy of an eternal gospel kingdom. There's no way. That's the miracle of the book. That's inspiration, where holy men of God are moved by the Spirit. And that's why I have confidence in the Bible. It's the Word of God, without doubt. And I have confidence in the Lord Jesus. He is the head of that kingdom, which shall reign forever and ever and ever. I feel like singing the Hallelujah Chorus that he will reign forever and ever and ever. That's the kingdom that we belong to tonight. And we rejoice. And, O oh, Daniel, God's instrument in the midst of all this. A final note. Daniel honored God before men. He also honored his friends. Because when Nebuchadnezzar elevated Daniel for telling the dream. He said, don't forget Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Use them 
Bring them into authority as well. And he remembered his friends. What a great example. listening to Let the Bible Speak, and this is Ian Golliher. Thank you for being a part of the program, and I trust that the Lord will continue to speak. This whole life of Daniel is soul-stirring. If that doesn't get your blood rejoicing, then I wonder, are you really 
a child of God. The Christian is called to stand with the Lord Jesus, stand with him, stand up for him, and be willing to go out into the world and proclaim him. To many, Christ is an, an, a reproach, and there is a shame that is attached to the name, and the Christian has to die to self that you may take on that identity with the Lord Jesus. Here's a story told by H.A. Ironside. To many, Christ's words as to hating one's parents or other relatives is a hard saying, which they find it difficult to accept. But what we need to realize is that our love for and loyalty to him, the Lord, that is, should be so intense that we will not permit the dearest of earth's relationships to interfere with it. I recall a young Jewish girl confessing Christ. Her mother, who loved her tenderly, was scandalized and pleaded with tears for the daughter not to be baptized as a Christian. If you do, she declared, you show that you hate your mother. No, mother dear, was the reply. I love you tenderly, but I love Christ more. This, I think, illustrates exactly what Jesus meant when he said that if we will not put him first and even hate our fellow man or woman, then we cannot be his disciple. There is such a love burning in the heart of the Christian that we are willing to sacrifice any loss. Here is another story that was told in the Sunday School Times. A 16-year-old girl told me the following, Only God knows what my Sunday School teacher has done for me. I was saved when I was 14, but my people made fun of me, and I guess I was a weak Christian and was soon back to my old ways again. Most of the church people turned against me, but Miss M held on to me, even when I was rude and mean to her. One evening, she put her arms around me and said, with the tears running down her face, Oh, my dear, I love you so much, and Jesus understands all you have had to fight. Someone held on to me, too, when I was your age and saved me from a life of sin. I understand so well. And my dear friend, there is a battle for your Christian testimony. Praise God, the Christian who is blood-washed and born again cannot lose his soul, but you can lose your testimony, and you have to fight for it. You have to stand up and make the clear decision to put Christ first and to walk with him in the light of his word in this sinful world, whatever the cost. And as others may uh, ridicule you, You've got to let the burning of the Lord in your heart be your strength. And I pray that God will help you to be a Daniel and stand up for Christ. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the home page of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music